Gas. Gas Gould, how you doing? Yeah, good mate, good. What's doing? Right. You want to run another training session at the dogs? Yeah, mate, that's fine. Yeah? Yeah, I, I can I can get the message to Baz. Yeah, no, I speak to him most afternoons anyway. Yeah, no dramas. Alright, mate, what are you thinking? Yeah, no, I've got a paper and pen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so right, so no footballs. Right, one player yeah. Okay, but they got to pretend to be the be the ball, right? So, guys, one player pretends to be a football, right, and that everyone else carries him to work on teamwork. No, mate, that makes sense totally. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you just pick pick him pick him up and pretend. Yeah, normal rules otherwise. Yeah, no, mate, love it. Excellent. All right, mate. I'll email that through to Baz now. Yep. Cheers, Gussie boy. Yep. Whoop. Hang off me. Love you too. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show season two, episode 25. My name is Dan Frost and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business and tonight it is a very special episode as we get to welcome two of our brand new panellists to the show. We'll do a little bit of a tease there and we'll come back to that in the warm up and uh, we've also got Dana here, no Shalise tonight, uh, but we just want to send our best wishes to her after her mighty uh, Sydney Roosters won their grand final um, in the Tasha Cup. So yeah, that, that's incredible. Um, you know, early reports suggest she's still on Mad Monday, so in, enjoying it and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty special winning the Premiership there. So we'll go very proud um, of her performances and uh, she's got such a massive career ahead of her. So Sydney Roosters get the job done, 12, 12 points to 10 over my mighty Newcastle Knights. But uh, anyway, before we get too carried away, let's jump into our warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Play it on the set. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, so by now the listeners have heard the the gossip, the news that we have two brand new panellists to the NRL show. Uh, I'm sure they're excited as much as they've enjoyed our analysis, uh, Dana. Uh, it's great to have an, uh, you know two new panellists on this show. Uh, Colleen, Coz and Dee, welcome uh, to Mojo Sports. We've been teasing this all week on social media. Um, everyone's very excited. Um, Dee, going to start with you. Just you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ooh. your connection with rugby league, and uh, yeah, great to have you on board, my friend. I'm very excited to be on board. Thanks for having me. Um, So I've worked in rugby league for quite a while, a lot like Coz over there, Um, but for the better half of the state um, on New South Wales end, uh, very loud and proud blue girl. Um, But I've worked in rugby league since I was 17. I'm now 33 and obviously um, moved out west to to WA, currently at WA Cricket. Uh, which is a big beast, but yeah, I've uh, done it for quite a bit, <laughs> done it for quite a while. Dee, you had me at uh, New South Wales Blues supporter because mm. I feel a little bit bullied, a little bit alienated and outnumbered from time to time on this show, so it's great <laughs> to have another Blue on this show, and um, yeah, dialing in from WA as well, and uh, yeah, mm. obviously underselling a little bit of your background in rugby league too, my friend, you've done some amazing things with some clubs <laughs> there, so I'm sure we'll dig into that, um, yeah, over over the next little while, because uh, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you're you're up there in Queensland, and uh, yes. mate, so excited to have you on board. 
Thanks for having me. Thanks for the invite. I am wearing the maroon today. So, yes, up the Queensland maroon. <laughs> but uh, similar, I have worked in the game for quite a while. I work as a content producer for the Queensland Rugby League and as a media manager for the women's team. And coincidentally, today is the first day women are starting their like pre-camp camps for Origin because it's coming up very soon. It's already May. I cannot believe it. Um, I also do play for the mighty Normanby Hounds in the local uh, Brisbane competition at the moment. Um, we've moved up two divisions since last year, so it is quite a leap, but it's good fun. So um, that's probably my background in, in rugby league as a, someone that works in, in the back of house, sort of doing media stuff and, and playing a bit as well. Yeah, no, that, that that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, the perfect time for you guys to be joining. Uh, as you mentioned, it's crazy to think about. We're starting to just have a couple of little origin discussions already. Um, so, you know, that's just around the corner. Um, so, yeah, exciting times. Once again, great to have you on board. But, uh, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities. But who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's got yes! it! He's got the field goal! Andrew John, inside for Elba. He just knew something special was going to happen. Yeah, and this week we continue with our Legends series and we are very fortunate to be highlighting, well, I guess it's... You know, an absolute legend of our game and someone who achieved everything, and we just can't wait to get into it. Uh, Petro Sivanasiva tonight. I'm going to throw straight to D because one of the things that we want to make sure we're doing here at Mojo Sports is getting the pronunciation of our players' names correctly. D, I'm going to hand it straight over to you to get that right. Yeah, so it's Petero Vivonaviva. So the C is pronounced like the. Th. Yeah, excellent. No, I absolutely love that, and it's a big important. You know, it's a very important part of uh, of what yeah. we're trying to do here at Mojo, and uh, you know, we've got a few little plans as well. So stay tuned as we look to do you know some fun little things on YouTube. But um, yeah, and I'll be continuing to get my lessons from you um, off air as well. Um, before we to get too carried away, just want to play um, a little bit of this, which talks uh, a little bit about his um, yeah preparation coming into his final um, state of origin game. He does have that aura around him and he's got so much respect from the boys and he's like their father figure. He's been around for so long and, you know, the boys certainly love playing alongside him. And seven to seven, the matching game two. He was uh, an idol of mine. Uh, he was someone I, I wanted to play with. John steps, John's behind. I feel... Uh, very honoured to have played so much football with him. Yeah, it's, it's something I'll uh, remember for a long, long time. The seven receiver's over. The big fellow has forced his way over. Seven receiver has scored right on full time. I'm just grateful for the right ride that I've had, and uh, yeah, I guess it hasn't hit home that you know this is the last time I'll, I'll be doing it. But um, you know, I'm just going to save every moment. You know, I've been very lucky. Uh, you know, with the, the amount of uh, state of football I've been fortunate enough to play. Yeah, there he is, the incredible man himself. Guys, I'm going to throw this straight to you because you're our, you know, uh, one of our, our massive, you know, Queensland uh, supporters there. But, um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, his career from your perspective because, um, yeah, what an incredible player. He is the one, we call him Big Pet, but we've um, been lucky to work with him as well. So we know him as a person and he is absolutely 
as lovely as everyone says off the field. He is a genuine human. He's the kindest person. I think his only fault is that he says yes to too many things. So he'll say, mm-hmm. yes, I'm coming to this. Yes, I'll do this. And then have to call back later and go, I have triple booked myself because he's just so giving and generous. Um, but yeah, he, I think and that's the thing too. He's so lovely off the field, but on the field, he just never took a step back and he was just such a leader, such a powerful forward. Um, and, and again, in the origin arena, I think he did have, he was, the player that played the most um, origins as a forward before um, Cameron Smith obviously mm. came over over the top <laughs> um, in, 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 as a hooker there. But, um, yeah, his career, he's just got such a legacy of, you know, as it was mentioned before, the, so much respect for him and just how much um, he respected the game, so how he prepared, how um, much other players look up to him. Um, yeah, this could talk all day about Penny. He's just so, such a good player and a good person, and I think that's the fabulous combination that we all love to see. D, there's an element of, you know, with this game that we love, you know, the NRL, there's just, you know, there's some players that play the game that you just think, you know what, I just would not want to be on a football field with you because you are absolutely terrifying. And that's the crazy thing. He was this gentle mm. giant, an unbelievable person away from the field. But as soon as he put on those boots and he was out there, absolutely terrifying. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your perspective because obviously he has done some incredible things as a player and then obviously we, we can't, you know, not talk about, you know, all of the things that he's done for, for his country. Yeah, look, his cultural background is Fijian, like mine. And so growing up when you don't see, obviously now it's a lot different, the amount of multicultural life that's just on the footy pitch every single weekend is incredible. But um, growing up and, and being able to see someone play at such a higher level and at such and with so much grace and with so much passion and so much power, we all know when Bennett's famous quote, right, like, just everyone was too scared to run up on him. He was just he was just too big and too strong a dude. But you look at him and you think, wow, what an incredible, nice guy. And um, a lot of times you find that with a lot of athletes, there's always controversy on and off the pitch, and it's really nice to see someone who's representing a culture that wasn't very highly represented at the time and to obviously keep a clean slate be able to know that he just played clean and played really hard every time. Yeah, an, an unbelievable uh, unbelievable player, unbelievable leader. Dana, you know, that that's one of the things, not to get too, um, you know, down down the rabbit hole, but, you know, one of the things that I think we're, we still need to improve upon, you know, when you compare us with Rugby Union, I, I still feel like they're miles ahead of us when it comes to the international game. There is just so much potential, you know, with the Pacific Island nations and, you know, obviously you've got to credit all the things that he's done for Fiji, but exactly right, like you are seeing a player at the absolute elite of his game, you know, it just has a significant impact for all of those junior players and, um, you know, his impact today. Um, Dana, you know, one of the things I wanted to quickly talk about was his um, some of his statistics, 309 games um, across his career. And a little bit of a stat, he got there, you know, obviously he went away for a couple of seasons and played with the Penrith Panthers. Um, but, yeah, for him to come back and get that opportunity to finish his career at Brisbane, uh, you know, that's that's pretty special. I think what's cool as well is like although he was such a as an opposition would have been such a scary player to come up to. Um, he's one of the the people that experienced Brisbane when they're at their peak because I feel like you know obviously uh, we'll call it my generation of players that I could rattle off half a dozen. It's just they're on that bottom half. But I think you know he got three three premierships. I think in the you know ten years he was at Brisbane, which is 
almost unheard of unheard of these days. Um, but yeah, you know, captain the Fijian team in 2013 World Cup as well. He's now got uh, a medal that's under his name that goes to the Australian Fiji Player of the Year as well. Um, you know, he's just got accolades upon accolades. And, you know, I think something that is important, you know, like you've touched on, he's a great player on and off the field. And like Dee said, it is so rare these days to kind of have it. And I think having that as a a first person to come in with that Fijian culture is a massive stepping stone and it's just going to push kids and it's a great role model as well um, for all these kids coming up going, I want to be like him. You know, I just want to play a game that I love and be around people that support me and just kind of have that positivity in the, in the NRL, which I think is, in, is super important as well. Yeah, and it's quite difficult to, you know, frame, you know, legend, you know, what, what, what does it take to be a legend of our game? Well, in my opinion, you've got to be able to deliver at all levels, you know what I mean? You've got to be, you've got to be able to, well, first of all, you've got to make your way to the NRL, which is not something that's too easy. You've then got to dominate at that level. You've got to win premierships. You've then got to do it for your state. You've then got to do it for your country. You know, you look at his CV, incredible, 309 games of first grade, 33 caps for Queensland, 45 for Australia, 6 for Fiji. I mean, this guy, he achieved everything. Um, Cos, I want to throw over to you because, um, you know, away from the game, what he's doing at the moment with Silk Silk Tales, absolutely incredible. And, yeah, I'm trying not to get too excited here because I can, you know, there's a lot of people in the media that are thinking the same thing. You know, the ability to have a team break into the NRL, it, it's not too far away. Anyway, take it away. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, his, his involvement uh, there. I was going to say, also, he does have an award um, named after him for the in the Queensland Rugby League as well. So, yeah, his appeal is so broad. But with um, the Coyote Silk Towers, he's the chairman there, so they're, they are um, obviously competing in the New South Wales competition in Ron Massey Cup, but that but that is such a starting point. That'll be such a, a growth point for rugby league in Fiji, and, and the fact that um, like the hunters up here, um, they have they have come over and played and lived in Australia for for, for two years um, to be part of the competition to develop their skills, and the fact that they've been so well supported as well. Um, I think that's just it's just so great to see and to see this that people are being supported and those skills can be developed. And, um, and like we mentioned before, it is it will open up more opportunities for Pacifica players um, to be involved, uh, involved in the game and to push up into the highest levels. And, um, and that will also filter out through the international game. So World Cup year this year, I'm excited to see um, all the nations involved and in, in just really challenging. Um, but I think that having a team like this and having so much support is a, is a great starting point and it's just going to grow from there. Yeah, let's go. I have, I, I cannot wait. And, you know, you, you talk about, um, you know, the Silk Tales, you know, what they've been through with COVID, you know, it was very stop, start, stop, start. I very much recommend our listeners to go in and just, you know, find out a little bit about some of their struggles over the past couple of seasons. But, you know, just recently they won a game and, you know, they had their celebrations on social media. You know, they were singing and I just sat there and I may have replayed that video two or three times because, <laughs> You know, this is where the game's headed. The emotion, the passion that was coming out of that dressing room. It's the Ron Massey Cup, but it's not going to be that for too long, you know. So, anyway, um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that, um, the impact he's having because, um, yeah, an incredible career, but now he's doing, you know, he's having equally as much of an impact off the field. Yeah, that's it's it's one of those things that you kind of hope and pray for for all athletes that make it to such a high level like him, right? You want to be able to, ex- you, it's it's an expectation as sad as it sounds that they will step forward and do their own thing. But on a personal note, 
growing up and you're and you're watching Petero and you're you know you're hearing my dad screaming while he's got his you know bowl of kava in front of him and they're all cheering at the screen um for this one guy that you see running across the pitch but for him to obviously go out of his way and obviously he's obviously he's also got the foundation um and he's put a lot of work back into grassroots rugby in Fiji and in here and, and trying to mold some young up-and-coming Pacifica players the fact that he's obviously very involved um, in the Silk Tales means a lot to all those young boys and girls growing up, both here in, in Australia and in Fiji um, and across all Pacific nations where rugby league and the game of rugby league, the popularity of it is growing at a rate I don't think they can handle. It is so fast. It is so popular. Everyone's watching it. Every second person is walking through Suva with a jersey of some player of some team that's playing in the NRL. And to see someone like Petter obviously putting in a lot of effort and, and time and energy into making sure that he's moulding a team, I know it is the Ron Massey Cup, but like you said, the emotion there means so much more because what they're playing for is for the next generation of boys and girls that are going to come up and play rugby league and represent their nation, hopefully be dual internationals too. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess how we'll round it off is an incredible person, um, you know, obviously as all the things we've spoken about, absolutely incredible. Um, but don't forget, uh, he was an absolute killer on the football field. So that unbelievable smile, all the amazing things he's done, never forget he was an absolute killer on the football field and, you know, really inspired the next generation of forwards. You think about the Payne Hasses and a few of the guys that are coming through that had that additional level of mobility through the middle that all stemmed from what he was able to sort of produce um you know throughout his career so again an absolute legend of the game we usually leave it with a bit of a question to say you know you know would he sort of you know be you know a a hall of famer and things like that obviously we've been there we've done that and that's obviously a tick in the box so an incredible player and really enjoying this uh legend series all right team well let's move through to our next segment for tonight the match the most anticipated match in history ladies and gentlemen uh, let's get ready to rumble. Dana, I've been looking forward to this one because, you know, obviously we're going to do the Battle of the Legends, the Newcastle Knights, and it lets me reflect on sort of better times for my mighty uh, Newcastle Knights because, you know, let's not even talk about modern times. You know, there's not too much happening, not, not much to kind of speak about. We're just going to uh, rub salt in the wound really quickly and yeah, just like I can flash the storm. I, I can see the jersey there. Fifty. Po- hey, we put two points on the board, so that is uh, that's a, a, pos- a positive. Anyway, let's, golf uh, cart. Let's, do- <laughs> let's let's dive into the Battle of Legends tonight, guys. As we see Tamana Tahu coming up against Robbie O'Davis, two unbelievable players for the Newcastle Knights. Um, Dana, you know it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to f- to reflect upon um, you know their careers. Um, you know the Newcastle Knights, they did. have have some glory years, believe it or not. <laughs> there was a period of time where we were successful. Um, because I might throw this one straight to you to have a little bit of a chat. Let's start with Tamana because, um, you get, again, you think about freakishly athletic players that we hadn't kind of seen before. That's kind of how we were feeling when we first saw him in a Newcastle Knights jersey. Well, Tamana, I have to say, I remember Tamana more in an Eels jersey, but I know he was, you know, he was a great performer for the Knights. But again, I come, I come to a lot of these um, players with an origin tint because that's that's my my space where I work, and that's one thing I have to say is I have always admired the fact that he um, did 
stand up for his beliefs, stood up against racism very early in the piece um, when he when he was selected for New South Wales and walked out of that camp because he felt that um, opposition player in Greg Inglis was being disrespected and walked out of that camp saying that that's not something that he wanted um, to to be around. And I think that was very brave and that just shows. Um, and, and, this, and I think we've evolved a lot as a game, like people – probably didn't understand just how much words hurt and how much, um, you know, what they said can be taken the wrong way. And I think we have evolved as a game. But for him to do that at, at early stage, um, again, I, much respect to him. But that, that's an off-field thing. But I also like to marry the off-field and the on-field. And he was obviously a very powerful performer as well. So, um, but again, I, I have to say, I do remember him more in the Eels jersey. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, let's, let's you know, we'll, we'll obviously blank that out because he never left Newcastle <laughs> in my heart. Uh, because, Dana, how I remember it is you just had a guy who, you know, and Matt, Matt Gidley created the, the Gidley flick pass. So, you know, he was able to draw that winger in every time. And every defense in the competition knew that Matt Gidley was going to draw in the winger and flick pass it out the back to Tamanatahu, and he was going to do a spectacular. He was a Xavier Coates before Xavier Coates even existed. Uh, you know, it was just these special times. Um, talk to me a little bit about Tamanatahu, his stats. Um, yeah, anyway, it was it was great times for my Mighty Knights. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Knights. He's got, obviously, the Eels. He did a few years there, five years there, and then uh, a year at Penrith as well. But in between, he also jumped over and went and played some rugby union, which I think is incredible how athletes can kind of do that, how they can play one sport and, you know, the people I've spoken to who have kind of swapped between them um, or have, you know, played league and then gone to union, they say that league is a lot harder and a lot quicker, which I think is is baffling because I watch a game of union and have no idea what's going on. Um, but, you know, um, a total of, you know, 196 points on the board, 121 tries, that's a, that's a good game. You know, two goals, that's kind of what you can do. 488 points for 196 games is something that a lot of people don't get those stats. That's what quick math, it's approximately like two tries a game, two points a game. You know, it's something that is hard to do, but if you've got that speed and that ability to kind of move around to the wing through the center and kind of take off and just kind of have those line breaks and kind of get those points on the board, you know, it's possible. Um, Like you said, he was the Josh Adokar and the Xavier Coates before they were even born. And, you know, I think it's important to, to look at these people, it's that's who our modern day players would have been looking up to when they were younger, you know, when they were teenagers or even younger, they would have been watching these guys on the field going, that's who I want to be. And that's exactly what they're doing. And I think that's kind of cool to think about as well as someone who's a bit younger. Um, you know, I was a kid when these guys were playing. And so it was just like people running on a screen, but you know, that's why I like these, uh, these episodes that we do kind of going back is, I learn more as, as a younger NRL supporter as well. And, you know, it's interesting finding out all the information and how you guys have more of a connection to it as well. Yeah. But I just think <laughs> the speed you think you could get as well for six foot one, I've watched some highlights and I was like, I can't run that fast. Yeah, he was absolutely dynamic. <laughs> and, again, happier memories for me, guys. I can't stress that enough. D, um, probably my only criticism is that, uh, you know, we didn't have a one-club player here. You know, that would have been pretty special had we been able to tie him up. But, you know, you can't criticise these players for going out, getting life experiences, you know, just getting the absolute maximum out of their career. But, uh, you know, D, we, we've also got some origin memories. And the thing about Tamana is, you know, towards sort of, you know, as he sort of lost a little bit of pace, one thing that he didn't lose was his defensive prowess. And we were coming up against quite a handy little Queensland uh, origin team. You know, we were, we were scrambling for, for defensive players, guys that could make an impact. 
Tamana was unbelievable. And if anyone wants to jump on YouTube, he's got some of the most historic uh, highlight hits in defense. Anyway, take it away. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Tahu because, yep, absolutely special finisher. But defensively, he was an absolute weapon. Oh, a unit. A unit if I've ever seen one. And and I do I do remember and I can second that with the, the Matt Gidley Tahu combination because I grew up seeing that. I did grow up seeing Timana in a Newcastle jersey. Um, I do have a girlfriend who came to my uh, employment at Manly when I was at Manly and came and sat with me in the crowds as a staff member and she had her Timana Tahu Newcastle jersey on. So uh, you'd be it. very proud of that. Brings um, to my eye. <laughs> but no, he was incredible. But his defensive efforts were obviously so clear. It, it matched his speed. How many people can you see chasing another winger or centre down that line? But yeah. Team Mana. And, and, and he was just, he was an incredible player. He's someone, like I said, he, he just flipped the lid. And it, and it just sort of made uh, playmakers second guess that long ball because you know if <laughs> they they oh, often yeah, uh, yeah he, he was you know absolutely incredible it's about you know racing in um, and uh, and creating that contact and um, yeah caused a lot of players a lot of heartaches for a lot a lot of years all right guys well let's quickly flip it over now to his competitors tonight the great Robbie O Davis from the mighty Newcastle Knights um, you know it's very interesting when you reflect on Robbie O Davis uh, turns you know wouldn't mind me saying he, he sort of turning fifty this year and uh, you know. It's amazing to think, but you know he was uh, 223 games for the Newcastle Knights from 1992 through to 2004. You know has a very interesting story um, as to how he made his way down to the Newcastle Knights. He's a proud Queenslander. I feel like I'm getting overrun tonight, uh, but you know Robbie was a very very special player, and um, you know was definitely a big part of our our success and our premierships um, there. Um, Cos, I'm going to throw it over to you because again Queen Queenslander had some pretty good memories here of Robbie. Um, um, and then I might finish this off with with a few more. But again, a player who you know delivered at club level, but also for his state. Yeah, I think um, we talk about Robbie O'Davis. I don't know. I can't remember being particularly flashy, but it was just always such effort. So always, you just always knew he was going to put a hundred percent in. That's a rugby league cliche, but that's what you were going to get from him. And like you, you said, there, I'm just looking up the stats here. Um, could score a try as well. So quite impressive there. But again, the origin. The origin bent comes out of me because he debuted in that magnificent 1995 series that whitewashed that he was one of Fatty's nobodies that managed to surprise everyone. So part of a huge legacy, especially a very special one for, for Queensland supporters. But, um, yeah, a really good player, I think, and um, won a few premierships as well. So, this is a very good Legends matchup. So yeah. Learning, learning a lot as well. So. No, it's, it's, it's pretty special because with Robbie, you know, Newcastle weren't, and I've said this before, you know, Newcastle weren't in a position during the 90s to go out and buy, you know, a stack of international players. We really had to, uh, you know, do what Penrith's doing now. We had to bring our juniors through and, you know, we got we got Robbie down at a very young age and we brought him through as a younger player and it was just really special to see him kind of develop. And, you know, it just... You know, it, it gave Newcastle a little bit of an attacking uh, threat from the from the fullback position. You know, it was still a generation where there were a lot of safe fullbacks. You know, a lot of defensive fullbacks that were organising defences. Robbie was, you know, he had a little bit. Of, he had a little bit of something about him. He was quite. Um, he was quite special. And you know, to win that Clive Churchill in the nineteen ninety seven Grand Final. You know, Joey's last minute play cutting back on the inside to Albert. It's going to go down in history. Uh, but Robbie's performance in that Grand Final was special. Uh, and then. 
he was also able to, you know, perform in that 2001 grand final as well. So an absolute superstar. All right, guys, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. We've got to pick our winner here, so we'll go around the grounds. Uh, Dana, where are you going on this one? I'm just going to go Robbie because he's a Queenslander and I would love, I'm going to go watch that 95 whitewash because I wasn't even alive and now I want to watch it. (laughs) There are some incredible State of Origin DVD packs out there dating all the way back. I may have watched them on repeat a couple of times. Uh, No, there's some really special performances there. Look, for me, this is a difficult one. Uh, Robbie or Tamara. Look, I'm going to have to go with Robbie um, just for that loyalty factor. Stayed with the Newcastle Knights, played, um, you know, a lot more games, was able to sort of win those back, you know, a couple of premierships with the club. So I've got Robbie as well. Um, Cos? Yep, Robbie. Yeah, oh, here, we, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, D, gonna, I can't. <laughs> D, going to hand oh, it over to you. D. Unbelievable, all of you. Big T. Yeah. Timana, he's got my vote. Yeah, there we go. And when I run into Tamana, because I'm sure he's you know, still around, a bit of a local, um, I'll definitely be mentioning that. I probably, yeah, may not mention that I went against <laughs> no, him. It was a tough one, though. It was a tough choice, yeah. but. Yeah, Queenslander, get him over the line. Flip of the coin. So two absolute legends there for the Newcastle Knights. Let's hope we can find a couple more to address some of our modern-day problems at the moment. All right, team, let's move through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. We're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Team, you talk about sort of, uh, you know, popular rugby league teams. You know, Newcastle Knights couldn't be more popular. Another team that is really gaining momentum in the NRL at the moment is the West Tigers. They really are becoming everyone's second team after what was, an, you know, a pretty difficult start, you know, seeing all the pain and suffering from Madge Maguire. But a couple of, you know, recent victories has really got everyone on board. Um, so let's dive into and continue on with our Legend Series and reflect on our favourite retired Tigers player, um, Dee, I'm going to start with you here. Let's go. So my favourite uh, retired Tigers player is Matty Ballin, um, just for personal purposes, so that when he hears this, he does not text me something very nasty in multiple languages. Um <laughs> But uh, we all know how incredible he was, as much as we hate the fact that he was a Queenslander. Uh, yes, Coz, I'm listening to you. I'm watching you. But uh, Maddie didn't play many matches with um, the Tigers and probably known um, with his, his stint at the Sea Eagles, but still incredible nonetheless. He still does support the club in many other ways other than um, just obviously receiving the X-Player membership every year. But um, he's uh, he, he was pretty impressive. You have to be pretty impressive to be able to make a Queensland team. Yeah, I love that. Matty Ballin. Well, I'm going to continue with the dummy half themes and I'm going to go with uh, Robbie Farah. Wow. You know, I, I feel like, you know, you think about all these modern day sporting documentaries that are thrown around around athletes. You know, Robbie Farrow would certainly be a player that could easily uh, warrant a, you know, a 10 to 12 part, you know, mini documentary series with all the drama that he went through throughout his career, the highs, the lows, you know, he's, you know, it, it was, it was pretty special, but you know, you know, the, the Tigers, my criticism over the years has been their, you know, inability to keep their juniors and really have players in that jersey and it just means more you know when 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 the game's really really difficult and you got those juniors in those jerseys they're just going to give that little bit more you know Robbie Farah we all know how much that club meant to him and you could just see that in his performances and you know I think that's part of the problem with the modern day team you know we just need to bring more and more juniors through that system um but yeah Robbie Farah for me incredible player 
Uh, Dana. Um, so I have a, I've always had a soft spot for the Tigers and I don't know why, because I think, I don't know. I think I just like cats. So they're pretty cool. <laughs> and they were just always, they were always kind of shit. So you just felt bad for them, but like not Newcastle bad. So you didn't feel that bad for them. Um, but <laughs> I am going to go with Chris Lawrence. So he's a bit of a not so old age, more new age, uh, retired player, but you know, he was there alongside Benji Marshall, Josh Reynolds, when, you know, Tigers were, we won't say in their peak, but they were doing so much better than they they were or they are now. You know, Ivan Cleary was there as well, and it's just something that I think was a, a culture that was a bit more positive and a bit more redeeming like they are now. They're kind of back on the up, and it's great to see them kind of knock back some of those top four clubs that we always talk about. But, you know, 253 games, 84 tries. As always, I love my one-club players as well. I just think that people that can kind of stick at a at a club through and through regardless of what figures and what paychecks kind of get thrown in their face, I think shows more about them as a person kind of off the field and like the culture of a club as well, um, rather than just kind of going where the money takes you. So um, yeah, Chris Lawrence is definitely one of my, my faves up there. Yeah. I love that. Don't get me wrong. I take the money and definitely go elsewhere, (laughs) but uh, no, it's great when they can definitely stay. And I I remember Chris as a young um, junior coming through, I think it's St. Greg's. Um, He was still at school when he made his first grade debut. It's just crazy to think. I was, uh, God only knows what I was doing at school. If it was very far away from the NRL, that's for sure. Uh, Cos, round us out. You get uh, last crack at this one. Um, your favorite retired Tigers player. Well, it has to be mentioned, and it's pretty predictable, but Benji Marshall, like, how fun was he to watch? Although, and he played there twice too, so he's a, a returning for the Tigers. But I don't know, I think he got a little bit of criticism, which I thought was a bit unfair, but he was just very exciting to watch. He was so inspirational, I think, for so many young players as well. Everyone thought that they had a sidestep and a little little flick pass and behind. But yeah, he he was always one that I quite enjoyed watching. And even though he didn't stay at the one club, he played all over the place. But why not? Why not go wherever the opportunity takes you? And another player who I quite um, didn't get to see play, but just after reading um, biography of Olsen Filipina, I just think um, just the way it was a trailblazer. So I think if people haven't read that book or don't know his story, it would be, it'd be worth worth the read and, and worth knowing the history um, just, just to see how um, his struggles sort of might have helped open up the pathways now for more Pacifica players as well and just the understanding of the game and people that work in the game that we have to be more welcoming and more respectful and also just understand the different abilities and skills that, different players can bring to the game. It'll just make it better for everyone. We can have so many more people involved showing off and playing a fantastic game of rugby league. Yeah. Absolutely. So those are my two picks. I love that. Two absolute legends, uh, Olsen there and Benji Marshall. And Benji's a little bit of ta- uh, a bit of a tale for people as well. Not to give up on these 30-year-old players, Benji had multiple um, careers and just goes to show that, uh, you know, players are still dominating in their mid-30s. Um, an incredible career uh, from both of those players. All right, team, uh, that's all the time we have. Just want to thank my amazing panel tonight, D. Cos on debut, fantastic performance, Dana, great as always. Uh, to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. How can you continue to support us here at Mojo? Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. 
The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.